Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. Scott Galloway is still gallivanting somewhere around the world. So today I'm joined by my favorite tenant, Casey Newton. He's also The Verge contributing editor and the founder of Platformer, a daily newsletter about big tech and democracy. It's a wonderful newsletter. He also wants me to replace his oven, which I have done beautifully. Um, is that correct? Is it, do you have a nice oven now? It's coming on Monday, and I'm very excited. How exciting. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, I'll be there soon, so you can cook me up some food, which I'd is love nice. To. Although, I think I have a nicer oven in the main the main house. Yes, imagine that. <laughs> giving yourself nicer things than your tenants. Who could have predicted? <laughs> I'm a good landlord. Give me a break. I never see <laughs> No. Anyway, um, there's so much to talk about, Casey. By the way, your so newsletter has been, you were away for a little bit, which I missed yeah. it. Um, oh, so I was you. reading Matt Bellany in your oh, instead. Nice. One of my favorites today, Fox News require employees to log their vaccine status and a central database. Employees must also mask in confined spaces. It still doesn't require employees to be vaccinated, which is kind of bizarre that they make them do these other things. But some uh, some hosts have spoken favorably about vaccines. The network has also aired vaccine skepticism. It turns out that the COVID vaccines, the drugs you were not allowed to question in any way, don't actually work in the way they told us they did. So this is really interesting that this particular workplace. Well, it's like, you know, the, the product is a culture war, but the workplace still has to be a workplace. So mm -hmm. they'll say all sorts of nonsense on the air. But when it comes to, you know, actually having an HR department, there are rules and they have to obey the, the laws of nature and physics and everything else. Yeah. Do you think one of the things that's interesting is these workplaces, as people go back, everyone's been moved back. I know Vox has been moved back to October or something like that, or unspecified, actually. But many yeah. of the tech workplaces have been moved back. What do you, what do you make of what's happened? They, do, they were bringing people back and I think wanting to bring people back. Yeah, I mean, it has been an absolute seesaw. I think employees are really frustrated, uh, and, and so are the employers. I think the employers are desperate to bring everyone back or at least make it available to the people who want it. Uh, but now the Delta variant is on the rise and nobody feels like they can safely do it. I saw a, a great tweet from a Facebook product manager today who said um, that they need to analyze the effects of the fact that for the past year and a half, everyone's work life has had to be things that they're comfortable with their family overhearing because it's all been on Zoom. <laughs> but like, think about that. That is yes, so strange. It's true. It's, true. Yeah. it's absolutely true. So one of the things that's interesting is that tech companies have sort of leaned into no workplace kind of attitudes, yeah. especially Facebook, right? And others. Yeah. People could, what impact do you think that's going to have? And how do companies like that have benefited from this, like Zoom, and then there's lots of virtual meeting companies like Hopin and uh, all those, that, that, there's a whole gang of them that have been uh, funded. What happens to that? What, what happens to that idea of what a workplace is for, for at least tech companies or, or social media companies? I think it's hard to say from the middle of it. I mean, if you want to look at, you know, are these companies suffering and are they falling apart? Like, no, you know, their, their profits are all up. Uh, they're continuing to grow. I don't think we've seen a credible story about uh, a big or even a medium-sized tech company that has really, really struggled with the move, which isn't to say that it hasn't been super hard. It's just been yeah. that they've mostly been able to muddle through. I mean, I think the, the lasting lesson is that tech workers and, and people who have options for where they can work, want more flexibility than they've been given. And uh, and this this does kind of feel like a, a one-way door where after they've been told, you don't have to come in two days a yeah, week, I agree. they're never going to go in two days a week ever again. 
Indeed. You know, that very cottage you're sitting is where I did most of uh, all things D and everything else. I never went into the office for a long, 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 long time. And I still well, have I have often you. said that there is a kind of osmosis that happened. I, I used to be a rank and file uh, <laughs> you worker. Were. You love and offices. I sat in here for long enough and then I became a founder and an entrepreneur. So there, there yes, may be some uh, interesting magic is. going on here. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So one of the things that, uh, speaking of, I don't know what it is, magic, but Facebook disclosed some revealing numbers for the first time ever, including its most viewed domains. And you and Kevin Roos had quite a time yesterday discussing it as links post pages from the second quarter uh no surprise animal and sports content did well facebook frames the disclosure as part of its transparency efforts but i thought it was kind of a circus it seemed to counter narratives about political misinformation yeah i mean look i don't want to dunk too hard i appreciate when facebook makes data available but this is not the data that anyone was looking for oh thank you sir can i have some more but go ahead yeah Yeah. well it's like what we want to know is what stories are popular on facebook right now you can Mm -hmm. measure popularity different uh, in a bunch of different ways they bought a tool called crowdtangle that lets you see the posts that are getting the most engagement and but they hate it because they say that the posts that are getting the most engagement are not the most popular and that what you really want to know is well what posts were viewed the most. And so that Mm -hmm. was the point of yesterday's report. But whereas CrowdTangle is a real-time tool, this is Mm -hmm. going to be a once every four months report. How much can we really learn by knowing that the most shared domain on Facebook over the past four months was YouTube.com? They're not telling us individual YouTube videos. It's just sharing YouTube is popular on Facebook, which any of us could have guessed, right? Right. You look at some of the other most popular links, they're basically spam. (laughs) Like people who were sharing popular memes and then attaching a URL to in one case, a speaker's bureau of former Green Bay Packers players. This is not helping me understand what is on Facebook. Well, I think it, I think it's done very clearly to show, look, we're not that, we're just silly. We're just cat videos. It's sort of the cat video move, essentially. Yeah. And, and I mean, this sort of goes hand in hand with the other big tech company move, which is to only talk in terms of percentages, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, Facebook yeah, and YouTube oh, yeah. love to do this. Well, only, only 3% of views, yeah. you know, were of uh, fascism. Um, and right. you're like, okay, 3% of views is, you know, tens of millions of clicks. So right. um, again, uh, uh, you know, glad to see a little bit more data, but we need to keep pushing for the data that would actually be useful. Yeah, I think it's a faint. Although you guys had a good time talking about it. It was very, it was odd. It was odd. They do need to, I, I, it would be really interesting for people to actually see it. Of course, they they always caveat everything and they've cut off some of these. Um, I know it's, a, you've written about it quite a bit, cutting off some of these researchers and things like that, you know, under the guise that yeah. we're under a consent degree. I think that was their excuse in that case. Yeah. Yeah. This is NYU. Well, I mean, this is at NYU. Yeah, yeah, Go ahead. Uh, yes, but, but think about it. Like, Every publisher in the world has a list of tr- the, the most read yes. stories on their website, right? They're proud of it. Nothing like yeah. that exists on Facebook, even though it would be super interesting, right? Just tell us what people yeah. are reading and clicking on. It, like, yeah. you know, what, what do you have to hide? But uh, they're not a publisher, uh, Casey. Don't you know that? <laughs> a benign <laughs> have, platform of, yeah. of, of, of sports content <laughs> and animal videos. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, it is an interesting. I don't think they ever won. And then they, what they do is they tell you you don't understand. It's much more complicated. How do you figure it out? Um, and and th- thus and such. And so it's a really it's an interesting thing. But they do. It's sort of a lot of hand waving, it seemed to me. Yeah. Also, it's just a it's a case where two things are are true at the same time. Like, you know, my experience on Facebook is not seeing a bunch of crazy right wing fascist content. And I'm sure that's true of most people. And I'm sure sure it's most true of most people who work at Facebook. But Mm -hmm. there are there are huge groups of other people who are not having that experience. And those are who we need to know about. Right, right. Which is interesting. I wonder if they would do the top. Well, they do do the top 10. What are they going to do with Crab Tangle, by the way? 
Oh man, it is grim over there. So, and a lot of this comes from uh, from Kevin Roos's reporting in the New York Times, but I've I've mm-hmm. sort of followed up and done some of my own. Yep, you have. They had uh, a team uh, that you know worked like any other team together, and now mm-hmm. the members of that team have been scattered throughout the organization. Uh, and the leader of CrowdTangle, this guy named uh, Brandon Silverman, who's awesome, has effectively been sidelined. No one I've talked to seems to know what his role is anymore. He's still at mm-hmm. Facebook. Nobody knows what he's doing. So it really feels like the beginning of the end for that product, although Facebook will say that it's not. It's not. So, but it's being run by Adam Asari, correct? Is that correct? I believe it's under what they call their integrity organization, uh, which is yeah. under Guy Rosen. Oh, Guy Rosen. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, is that, so we don't know what they're going to do with that, but why did they buy it in the first place? Well, so this was in the days when, as part of their efforts to um, collaborate with publishers, they mm-hmm. thought it would be useful to help publishers understand what to share on Facebook, right? Like, yeah. you know, there were days when you could post a link on Facebook if you were Vox.com or the New York Times mm-hmm. and get a million shares and 10 million views, right? right? It, like BuzzFeed grew on the backs of this yeah. crazy phenomenon. And mm-hmm. then they got to a certain point and they talked to their users and users were like, yeah, we don't like seeing all the links. So they turned the, the volume all the way down on the links and all of a sudden CrowdTangle was a lot less useful to those publishers. But at the same time, it became much more useful to the researchers because this was right. the only source of valid real-time data about what was being shared on Facebook. So it's a yeah. funny thing where like Facebook essentially bought their own problem here. Yeah, they did. And they would like it to go away now. They'd like to put it in a drawer and close it. <laughs> Lastly, Amazon, uh, speaking of large companies, uh, Amazon is the world's largest retailer outside of China, surpassing Walmart. Big deal. Big deal. Walmart is still the largest private employer. I don't think that's going to be the same. That's going to be, they're going to hold that crown for very long either. Alibaba still reigns in China. So one of the things that's really interesting is that it's a moment, right? It's a moment that Amazon does this, even though they try very hard to say they're only part of a small retail market. And obviously the questions remain if Amazon would get into the Chinese market, probably not. And, and vice versa, Alibaba has some business here, but not the enormous business they have in China. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is a kind of a a huge milestone, but it it sort of made me laugh because heading into the whole antitrust fight, uh, Amazon was another one of these companies that loved to talk in terms of percentages rather than actual mm-hmm. numbers. So it was always like, yeah. hey, look, we might look big, but we're yeah. really only one yeah, percent of all got, economic on activity on Earth. You've gotten that call from the PR people? Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We're, Kara, we're just one percent of all the economic activity on yeah. Earth, and you think we're big? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, well, you're bigger than Walmart, and you're the biggest retailer in the United States. So maybe we can disagree that you're really freaking big now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very pleased with that. But it would I think it's going to be an Amazon world and an Alibaba world, essentially, you know, around around the world. Uh, One one dominating in the U.S. and say Europe and the other in uh, in other and they will compete in the rest of the world. I don't think Alibaba would be a big player here or Amazon a big player there at all. I mean, the the thing that always uh, trips me up about Amazon is that company really has been Teflon. Like you look at all of the the scandals and the controversy that have attached themselves to all of the biggest companies over the past five years, even Apple. Amazon, like trust in that company is the highest among any of those companies. Uh, Like people would sell their children before they give up their prime subscription. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. You know, he did have his sex. He is having a fight with Elon Musk over the moon, moon base for him. and moon base, and then he goes up and does like a flyby, like a like like he, as if he's Tom Cruise and Top Gun. That's true. Look, and, I mean, the, the Twitter socialist the hat, definitely the hat, the hat. The hat. What? I don't even remember the hat. The cowboy hat when he came back down. Oh, yeah. Well, look, the, the Twitter socialists had a lot of fun with uh, Jeff in space, but yeah. it didn't, it didn't affect Amazon one yeah. bit. One iota. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think they are struggling with their with their government contracts. They really want to get back in there. They got some big ones. They there it's obviously a big area of growth for them. There's areas which Jason Del Rey has written a lot about around uh, diversity and other issues and harassment and things like that. I think they'll they have your basic issues that every one of these companies has. But you're right, they've largely escaped. I think this number is going to call attention to what you just said. It's not just a small little retail, which they try to push a lot on reporters and stuff like that. Oh yeah, if you're Lena Khan or Tim Wu over in the Biden administration. You were very yeah. excited to see that story and put it in your slide deck. Yeah, absolutely. Put it in your slide. Does she have a slide deck? Yeah. Does she Everyone's always deck? working on a slide deck, Kara. Are they? I don't have a this slide is, this deck. This is what I've learned about people. I have, I'm interested in notes. I, I texted Casey late last night about <laughs> notes apps. Like, which one do you one like? One of my obsessions. Yeah. Yes. I don't like any of them. I, I went back to Evernote of all things. I was an Evernote I, person I, I'll be curious to hear what you said. I haven't used Evernote in uh, several it's years, simple. but it, it, it really invented like the modern the note-taking like, app. Yeah. I got to tell you the others, I just have to have a PhD in note-taking to use. So I'm not I'm sure <laughs> yeah, you like that part true. of it. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to our first big story. The Taliban's rise to power in Afghanistan could have implications for big tech as companies and users scramble to protect their data and services. The Taliban is in likely possession of biometric databases compiled by the previous Afghan government that may include fingerprints, facial recognition, and scans, according to Human Rights First. There are concerns that the Taliban could use the data to track down previous government employees, international workers, women's rights activists, or educators. They also are trying very hard to stay on these platforms, which are are, fi- are essentially doing stasis, that the Facebook has kept the Taliban off of Facebook. Uh, Twitter has let them stay on as long as they don't break the rules. YouTube has kept them off of it based on U.S. government sanctions laws. Um, you've written quite a bit about this. So it, it'll matter if when they take over, what happens with these tech companies, whether they, they turn over the Afghani uh, president's account like we did in this country with Biden and Trump, for example. So what do you think about what's happening here? Again, it's the it's these social media companies smack in the middle of an international crisis, as always. Yeah, I mean, the first thing to say is what an absolutely heartbreaking situation. Uh, You know, hard not to see the stories over the past few days and not just feel uh, constantly uh, in in pain over over all the human suffering that we're we're watching unfold. For the platforms, this is such a no-win question because up until now, most of them have said, based on our interpretation of U.S. law, we're Mm -hmm. not going to keep the Taliban and their their posts up. Um, Well, not Twitter. Not Twitter. Well, so Twitter is a weird one, and I have reported that out a little bit. And basically, I think the reason that the Taliban is not banned on Twitter is that they are not on this list that the State Department Department maintains called the Foreign yes. Terrorist Organizations List, right. uh, but they are on other lists. But Twitter, sanctions. for whatever reason, said uh, they're on the sanctions list. But Twitter, yeah. forever, wh- whatever reason, says, well, we're we're going to allow them to be on. But I actually think that six months from now, most platforms' positions will look a lot more like Twitter, and it's going to be the yeah. other platforms that are going to have to backtrack because you know, I mean, like you, you, even in like the re- recent Biden interview, you you sort of get the impression that the Taliban is going to get some kind of recognition from the. Yep. Um, international community, at which point they probably are going to have uh, a Facebook page and a, and a Twitter account and all of that. But yeah, I mean, this this goes right to the question of like, well, is this a, is this a, a town square where no matter who is the mayor, you get to have an account? Or right. do the platform say you have committed uh, war crimes and atrocities and human rights abuses and you're not welcome on the platform? Well, th- that'll be an interesting, is again, them making, like, st- they're the State Department. Each of the, mm-hmm. the State Department of Social Media is, I think what I call them. I think one of the things 
is interesting is it begs the question of what happens if President Trump returns to office? Like, what does Twitter do? What do they what do they uh, well, do? Well, I will go into hiding and uh, I'm, I'm going to catch the next uh, Jeff Bezos rocket to space, I think, if that happens. Um, uh, and yes, then humans but- can, will be on their own. Yes. Okay, Casey. But in any yeah. case, what are twi- what is Twitter and what are they going to do? That's the thing. Well, if, if, here's what they've said. So Facebook banned him permanent. For, I think permanent. Yeah, Facebook suspended him for two, two years. years. Yeah, if they did Trump the, becomes president again, I do believe that Facebook would reinstate him. Unless he misbehaved, right? Unless he... Yes. He's yeah, if, be, if, he, if he broke the rules again, they would, they would get rid of him. And the thing so. is, he would break the rules again. He's incapable of not breaking the rules. Uh, right. I actually think at this, at this point, like if they had to make the decision, on today and Trump became president tomorrow if one of these, you know, demented QAnon fantasies came true, uh, Mm -hmm. Twitter would still keep him off the platform. Like, everyone I've talked to at Twitter has said he's permanently suspended. Like, there is no avenue for appeal. There's no avenue for appeal. That's right. So it it still will be an interesting question if he rises back to power. But get back back to the Taliban. Here, here, one of what was one of the most ironic things is that one of the spokesperson for the Taliban was sort of calling out Mark Zuckerberg. It's like he believes in free speech and yet he censors us. He sounded very much like the Trump administration and and Republicans or Ted Cruz or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it it got a lot of pickup, but I thought it was Mm -hmm. kind of a dumb deflection because the question that he got asked was like, are you going to permit free speech in Afghanistan, which is very good good and important question. He's like, free yeah. speech? Why'd you go ask Facebook about free speech? Yeah, I know, Which I is know. like a very <laughs> Don Trump Jr. level burn, you know? Yes, it was. It was strange. Yeah. And, and Don so, Trump Jr. did approvingly quote tweet it, by the way. Yes, that's right. Of course he did. Um, but in any case, the U.S. Got, the more serious issue is that they're getting all this data that because the U.S. government yeah. pushed in for and funded programs to capture Afghans' biometric data during the occupation. I mean, this is like, and, and then they have all their social media and they can do lots of things with that. What is going to happen here with this ability to use all this data? And you know this group of people will. Yeah. And I mean, look, I don't know exactly, you know, what data is on which devices. My understanding is that they have collected a lot of biometric data about mm-hmm. citizens. Uh, there are stories that in the past, uh, the Taliban has gotten access to similar data and used mm-hmm. it in essentially terror campaigns against Afghani citizens. So mm-hmm. we do have to assume that that is going to happen again. You know, my I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, I also hope that people who make these kinds of this kind of hardware and these kind of services take this as a lesson that they need to build in fail-saves for when their products fall into the wrong hands, because they will fall into the wrong hands. There's this company, Clearview AI, out there right now. They're scraping every face they can find on the internet and putting it in Mm -hmm. a database and selling it to governments. It is not hard to figure out that this is all going to be used used against us. To your point, what happens when a Trump-like figure comes back into power? Well, I think they're going to use a database like that to harass us all and to punish dissidents and journalists and God knows what else. So well, they did do that with immigrants. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you're coming into this country as an immigrant, all of a sudden you have to show your social media handles, right? Like this is what this it's it's a climate change like problem because the creep is slow and no one thing makes it feel like a crisis. Yeah. And then you turn around five or ten years later and you realize that your freedoms have been dramatically reduced. So I I, I do hope people pay attention to this one. There are two movies I was thinking about. I watched one last night. Did you ever see Enemy of the State with Will Smith? Yes, uh, Gene Hackman and Gene Hackman. Yeah, it's it, it was like a I, my, my mom while I was watching it, I'm like, oh, my God, I love this movie. And it was like a so long good. time ago. And it had yeah. all those things. And John Voight, uh, who has become a lunatic yeah. since then, who looks great in this role, by the way, it plays a CIA <laughs> person. And Jack Black is in it. The, I mean, if you look at the minor characters, oh, really? they're all that. really there's really well known. There's a ton of well known actors who are in the minor character roles, which is kind of funny. Such a great movie. 
It is. And it was all about that, like the idea. And it, everyone was like, ha, 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 you know, at the time. But it's certainly true. I thought, I remember thinking, oh, this is probably the way it's going to go at the time. Um, and the other, of course, is my favorite, Barb Wire with um, uh, Pamela, Pamela Pam Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which, Which you like only I, for the story. Yeah. I did. No, I'm telling you, I did. It was about <laughs> eye recognition. You know, you had that minority yeah. report of eye recognition mm -hmm. and, you know, getting, she gives away her ability to get away but to someone because they have all their personal biometric data. It was yeah, early I, and very prescient. Pam I Anderson think if you said was. anybody, hey, you ever see barbed wire? People say, oh yeah, the eye recognition movie. <laughs> it's go watch. We're going to watch it together when I come to San Francisco. I would love it's to. We'll have a barbed wire night. Bar it is such a great film. I have to say, I recommend it to everyone. But wait, what's going to happen here? So you think that they're going to recognize this government, that, 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 that Facebook and YouTube is just going to let this, let this Taliban video stuff fly. They're getting I millions think, of views. The, the people are oh racking up. Numbers. I mean, right now they're they're already they've got to be over there just like drawing up oh, the scenarios for God. like how do we do this? And one of the, one element of this is okay. So you know, you and I agree that the Taliban are, are bad people and should not be running Afghanistan, but they are. Well, do they have uh, like uh, a water and sewer department? Do they need to communicate with their constituents about you know really minor stuff? Like, should their citizens not have access to that sort of thing? Right. So, yeah, these are sort of some of the questions that you get into, and um, and these are the questions that you raise when you decide that you want to be available everywhere on Earth. Yeah, this is true. There are public squares without being actual public squares, and therefore they, they must yeah. sit there. Like They must be like, well, can we get back to Marjorie Taylor Greene? She's easy. And of course, she will use it and has used A lot of the right wingers saying, look, they're keeping the Taliban on, but not us, uh, which is kind yeah. of an interesting juxtaposition. I still I mean, want them off. They can't get uh, on because yes. the Taliban's on. Look, you're letting the <laughs> Taliban. It's like sort of stack-ranking murderers or something. Like, uh, that murderer was it more murdery than I am. I'm, I'm not saying they're murderers, but you know what I'm well, saying. Yeah. But like, think I'm of how absurd metaphor. it is that a company has to make like a moral evaluation of every person on earth to decide like whether they get to use the service. Like, this is not how yeah. companies are supposed to work. We we have yeah. built ourselves into such an absurd world where all of the most important discussions that are taking place are taking place inside giant digital shopping malls. And it turned like before recently, we didn't have most yeah. of our big political debates inside shopping malls, right? You couldn't find like the Taliban store down at the Westfield in uh, San Francisco. Right. The positive flip of that is why don't we just have more? More like public websites, public spaces. Yes. Like not everything has to be owned by a massive corporation. Yes, that is fair. There, there That's needs me more playing innovation. Socialist. More innovation. Yeah. There needs to be more mm -hmm. innovation where people can talk. Anyway, Casey, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about Facebook's high-tech plan for the future of work and a listener mail question. Okay, Casey, we're back. Facebook wants users to work in a virtual reality. The social networking giant and Oculus parent company recently unveiled a new app called Horizon Workrooms. So today we're announcing a new service called Workrooms. It's basically a virtual reality service for collaborating together and doing work. But it basically gives you the opportunity to you know, sit around a table with people and work and brainstorm and, and whiteboard ideas. The app puts users in a virtual conference room complete with whiteboards and avatars whose uh, mouths move when they speak. Mark Zuckerberg told reporters that Facebook has been using the tool internally for six months. The program is currently an invite-only beta. Facebook has not given timeline when it might be released to the public. This one's interesting because I actually have had a discussion with Mark Zuckerberg 150 years ago saying, why isn't there Facebook work? 
Why? And they Ooh. didn't want to do it. They were busy. They were, were mm. busy doing regular Facebook. And I'm like, well, AOL did the same thing. AOL at work mm. that, that fell apart because they had a big outage the day, like the oh. week they unveiled it. But I was like, shouldn't you have a work version of it? And then there were a lot of companies that were like Facebook. There were tons, I can't remember all their names that were, you know, and you could say Slack is that too. or Oh yeah, Yammer. Yammer was another one. Yeah. So what do you think about these? And of course there's the Michael Douglas movie where the software- Disclosure. Um, Disclosure. And it was about that. They had a, a, a workplace kind of thing. And that was the big software around it. So one reporter who tried this said he felt more present in Horizon Workrooms than Zoom. What do you think about this? And why have they moved into this space? Well, there's a lot of money in the enterprise, but it's also like the enterprise could be the killer app for VR. So right now, Facebook is actually selling more Oculus headsets than most people understand. Like everything yeah. they've sold about 8 million of the things, which mm -hmm. is not bad for a product that I think if you stop most people on the street have never heard of it. Mm -hmm. So that's actually going pretty well for them. But yeah. right now, the main use cases are it's like a little business, games. right? It's a, it's a little business, right? It's not. It's yeah. It's a little, but it's like the fastest growing business they have, maybe. That's, I mean, I don't know. What, probably one of their ad businesses is growing faster, but Oculus is growing really fast. So mm -hmm. they're investing a lot in it. But what is another reason why people would buy a headset? Well, if it helped you get your work done and maybe your work buys you a headset uh, and now you're having all your meetings in it, you know, you could see why they would want to do it. But, you know, I mean, I have talked to Zuckerberg about this and he believes that in the future, just more people are going to host their meetings this way. He has said Facebook is going to be a remote first company. And that means designing better experiences than the ones we have today. Mm -hmm. Like Zoom is fine, but Zoom is limited and he wants to push against those limits. Why does he just buy Zoom? I can't buy anything, can he? He, he tried to buy a dying GIF search engine and the yeah. UK Giffy. investigated it for like Giffy. eight months yeah. and was like, says no, you're right? destroying the market. <laughs> you, How do you they expect are. anyone they to compete in a world where Facebook owns a GIF search? I would agree. I agree. I agree <laughs> It's, it's, it's the little cuckoo. things. It isn't yeah. cuckoo. They can't buy so, anything. No, he's not they buying cannot. Zoom anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. So, and and obviously Microsoft has its work areas and stuff like that, but they do have Oculus, which is the idea of this is how workplace stuff, it's not going to be Zoom where you're staring at like a Brady Bunch level of little squares. You're going to have a, you're going to be as if you're in the workplace and you'll be wearing some sort of glasses. That makes perfect sense. And, totally. you know, it's been talked about in, in sci-fi for decades, like more than decades. And so, are they the ones to do it? I remember him very resistant to the idea of it. He's like, that's not what we do. We're a consumer product. I'm like, I know, but like you could do like AOL tried it and it was actually a great idea. They just had a bad execution. Um, Owen Van Ott is the one that was like laughed at me and laughed at me and so did Mark. So it was interesting. Well, I yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I would be interested to know, like, what year was this? Like, because he probably did have 400 things he needed 90. to build before he built an enterprise social network. Uh, but then he built all those things. And so 2000s. now it's like, what's In next? In the 2000s. In the early yeah. 2000s, whenever I met him. But, you know, one thing that Zuckerberg brings up a lot in these interviews is that before he started having his meetings in VR, he just couldn't remember anything that happened in a meeting because he was always physically in the same place and he's just always right. like staring at a Zoom screen. But you get into this VR world, uh, all of a yeah. sudden you have spatial audio. So somebody who's sitting to your left, you hear him more, more in your left ear. If somebody's sitting on yeah. your right, you hear him more in your yeah. right ear. And all of a sudden he felt like he was in a real meeting. Have you tried it? I have, I, so I have a Quest and I have played around with it a bunch, but they literally announced it while I was asleep. So I've not tried it yet. When are you trying it? I want, they're not going to let me try it. That's why I need to, they only talk to you, Casey. Do they know you live in my house? Do they know that? Are they letting <laughs> um, you, they remember. talk to you? 
I yeah. some of them do. I mean, I I tell a lot. I tell a lot of people because it's a great yeah. conversation starter. And yeah, then, yeah. You know, people well, are like, "What I, is she really like?" And I say, "Oh, she's much meaner in person." <laughs> you're you're lucky. She only says what she says about you in print. <laughs> but here's the deal. I think this is a big deal. Who else should be in this? I mean, obviously you have Microsoft. I think Microsoft. You know, they had Holodeck. They had the whole Hololens. Game, Hololens, whatever the heck. The Hololens. Uh, they should have Star. a Holodeck though from Star Trek. The next. They do generation. have one. They have one at the office. They do. They oh, have okay. one. It's like that. But they have Hololens. There's, you know, Apple's got to be in here with. You know, they're more interested in AR and things like that. But a lot of these companies, the the key co- and Amazon, I can't imagine they wouldn't dabble around in this stuff. Do you, or is it just Probably. Facebook because they have Oculus? I mean, the smartest, richest companies believe that this is the next hardware platform, right? It was yeah. mm-hmm. desktop PCs, mobile phones, and then it's going to be mixed reality. So some combination of a headset mm-hmm. that goes over your eyes and glasses. Everyone's building all of these things. Uh, some companies like Facebook and Snap are kind of working in public. Snap. They're releasing oh, these, Snap. Yeah. these iterative uh, things that like they're not very functional now, but at least you can hope to build some early momentum and get developers excited. So that's kind of how Snap and Facebook yeah. are playing it. And then you yeah. have Apple running its traditional playbook of we've built a, a layer 400 feet underground and we bring in you know rotating groups of employees who don't know what they're working on and somehow yeah. together they will build the headset of the future. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, like th- this is the hardware thing to watch. Snap and Apple are more in the AR side of it, I think, you know, where you see things. And also, but Facebook just did this in Facebook Labs or whatever with the eye, weird eye thing, the, the yep. see-through. What's it called? It was called see-through or... So they're working for this pass-through, pass-through on, the, it, yeah. on the Oculus headset. So one of the mm-hmm. cool things about the Oculus is it has this mode where you can see out of the headset, yes. so but it, they can layer um, AR elements on top of it. So yeah, yeah. They're, they're working on some stuff there. So that's if you look outside the space. I mean, some of the issues still remain. Look, you have to be in a space, and a lot of times with Oculus, you don't. You, the, 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 I have two Oculuses. They just are really heavy, and I never use them, right? They're not. They're not. They, Oculi. I have Oculi. Um, I don't find them easy to use. I've tried all kinds of, there's a, some interesting gaming aspects of it. I've been in some of yeah. these rooms in malls that they've turned into green rooms. And then you go in and you, we were, I was fighting pirates with my, my sons, which was fun, which was fun yeah. f- for sure. Uh, but I wouldn't do it again, like that kind of stuff. So it was always sort of like, where's the thing that's going to happen? I always thought yeah. AR was the way where you go to Paris, you're wearing sunglasses that are very yeah. nondescript. And then you look up and you, you know, look up at the Eiffel Tower and get all kinds of, or, or a mapping thing go this way. Um, totally. If you want, if if anyone wants to see something really cool, Microsoft under the guy that was running Nokia, I'm blanking on his name, did a video of the future of tomorrow or something like that with Microsoft. And that was, it was sort of, it was an idea thing where what would happen. And a lot of it was someone wearing a pair of very nondescript glasses with go this way in an airport or go, this is the direction you want to go in. And it was, it fa- it seemed useful. Some of this stuff, not so much, I I, I got to say. I don't well, know. I, I think that that's true now, but it's like if in like 1982, somebody like showed you an Atari and said, do you think this is the future of the enterprise? You'd say, well, probably not, you know, yes, but then yes, give it yes, 10 I years. Did. Yes, yeah. I did. Oh, you yes, did. I of did. Of yes. course. Yeah. You played Donkey <laughs> Kong and you said people will make billions. 
I, I am working on my memoir, and I indeed wrote a story for the Wall Street Journal saying mobile is it in the early, early, whatever it was in the 90s. Oh, I believe whatever. that. Yes. You, and you, I was, yes. You did no a, one will be tethered to the, no one will have workplace phones. No one will have workplace things. Everything will be mobile. It is true. It is true. But I, but this one, I'm still trying to figure out where it is. I think you will not have to go to the office. That is for sure. And that links with some of these office things we were talking about. In any case, we will, you and I will be together in a, in a, in an Oculus like. Oh setting at some point and I never have to actually physically see you again. All right, (laughs) Casey, let's pivot to a listener question. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You've got mail. This one came uh, in via email from Sean Downey in Ireland. I would like you to read it without an Irish accent. Thank you. Aha. Okay. Here we go. Great show. What are your thoughts on China's tech crackdown? Is it hypocritical to criticize the CCP for cracking down on big tech when it's constantly called for in the US? Also, the recent push in China to redistribute wealth. Is it possible that they move faster nowadays? Also, do you think Western media write everything off as oppression, like the Ant IPO, considering it's come to light there are regulatory concerns about payments and reserve requirements? Hmm. Thank you, Sean Downey from Ireland. Listen, Sean, China is not like the U.S. I'm sorry. I gr- I agree with you that a lot of the, there's a lot of abuses probably among these Chinese zillionaires and these giant tech companies. But the fact of the matter is, you have to use systems to get to these companies, like what they say Senator Klobuchar or any any number of politicians are trying to do. Lena Khan. You have to use the system to get to them. You can't just decide by fiat that this is what we're going to do. I mean, they can, and I think that's the issue. Um, the, the, it's okay to be constantly called for the in the U.S. if they go through things. But imagine if Elizabeth Warren had unlimited power and got to do what she wanted. Do we think that's a good thing? I mean, we may agree with her, but I just feel like what they're doing is is oppression, even if it's directionally correct. Casey? Yeah, they're sort of like ripping up all the rules of their economy in the middle of the game without warning. So I'm glad I don't invest in Chinese tech companies. I'm interested to see like what does the transformed Chinese tech landscape look like? You know, does their antitrust push result in a lot more competition? Does it become a kind of global model? I mean, you know, I... I'm curious to see, uh, but, you know, to Kara's point, this doesn't feel like any way to run an economy. Yeah, you know, I would like to make things happen with Facebook or Amazon or anyone else. I would like it to happen, but I do it by talking about it and trying to influence people and going through yeah. actual legal democratic means of doing so. And if I lose, I lose. And that may be terrible, and it's happened dozens and dozens of times in our history. I just feel like what's happening, I think it's a, I think they may be correct on a lot of things, regulatory concerns, power. Con- what they're concerned about is a concentration of power among billionaires who are going to uh, overwhelm the government, and they that they can't have. And they're putting themselves on boards like they went on the board of ByteDance, which is going to be a problem for TikTok. There's a Chinese government person on the three-person board of TikTok, right? Oh, excuse me, ByteDance, the TikTok owner. Yes. Um, really not. Wait Can you till, imagine? Wait till Tom Cotton hears about this. Like, yeah, it's going to be Cotton. so bad for well, them. You know what? I hate to agree with Tom Cotton, but I do. <laughs> I don't agree with that on anything except that directionally he's correct. Often, what's really interesting about some of the people on the right is they're directionally correct. On like, you know, uh, Trump was directionally correct about TikTok, but he was doing it for his own friends at Oracle or whoever he was working with. He never was doing it for the right reason, but directionally he was right. Um, Let me just ask you then, what is going to happen with TikTok then? Because TikTok is pretty much the only Chinese-backed company that's made so many inroads into the U.S. and across the world. This is a company that none of them have. Mm. This one has. 
It's super hard to predict. One, because we don't know what is going to happen in China, right? ByteDance has already gotten in uh, a bunch of trouble. I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if we saw another, you know, set of punishments come down against ByteDance for mm -hmm. something. And then how does watching, that they have wind video up If kids are watching video too much, they're what, playing games too much, but go ahead. Totally. Um, so there's kind of like what happens on the China side and then there's what happens on the U.S. side. Like, obviously, things are much cooler now that Trump is gone, but mm -hmm. Biden hasn't shown any particular love for TikTok either. I do think that there is still some sort of case proceeding with CFIUS in the United States with respect to the It was uh, Ann Newberger. Ann Newberger was working on it, and she's, of course, working on our all the hacking stuff now. Um, which is, oh, she's yeah. moved over. And so I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I think the people at TikTok are like few, but I don't, I think this is problematic. I think this is hugely problematic. Yeah, it's, it's a big problem. You know, also they have a lot of competition. I mean, one of, I think the most interesting stories of the past year is that after India banned TikTok, Facebook and YouTube raced in there, launched their own TikTok clone and basically used that to kickstart their own short form video products. And yeah, they're, they're doing so pretty many, well. As you noted yeah. in a recent platform, which I read word for yeah. word. Thanks. Um, yeah, what, there's so many of them. What was the other one you just mentioned? Another one just started. Uh, well, so there's uh, YouTube has shorts, Facebook has reels, and there are a couple. There's one called Moj, which is a, a sort of homegrown Indian alternative to TikTok mm -hmm. that has been doing really well. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, it should be interesting, but TikTok is, is going to face challenges, and this is one they don't need on top of this, um, I think. Anyway, that was a great question. We want more. If you want to hear your question featured on the show, go to nymag.com slash pivot and ask away. All right, Casey, one more quick break. We'll be back for predictions. Yes. Okay, Casey, I would like a prediction, and I would like it to come true. Great. And this is my favorite part of the show because Scott, okay. of course, got famous by yes. making predictions. Yes. And so I want to see if I can make an even wilder prediction than he's okay, ever made. Great. So okay, what if Peloton bought Arby's? Think about it. You finish your workout. What do you want? You want a roast beef sandwich. All of a sudden, <laughs> you have vertical integration. Okay. Think about all the physical storefronts Arby's have. Think about how many bikes they could put in the back of that thing. I think there's a slam dunk and I would uh, expect this to close by Q4. Oh my God, that's really terrible. You're you know, a lot of people said that about Amazon buying Whole Foods and look at where <laughs> no, we are they now. Didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. It was smart. You're kidding me, right? Okay. I want a real prediction. Here's the real one. Apple buying Peloton. Why not Apple, Apple buying, buying Peloton? We keep yeah. talking about it. How is their fitness thing doing? I wonder. They don't I really care, I think it's right? doing okay. Well, I mean, I've looked at it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Apple's big push into services because I think yeah. that most of their services just aren't very good. But also, ads for all their services are taking over their computers. I got a pop up notification on my desktop today because Apple's like, "Hey, subscribe to Apple Arcade." Like Apple yeah. has hated that BS throughout its entire yeah. history. It's I hate that well. it's taking over their products now. Um, yeah. You know that said, I do think it makes sense for them to buy Peloton. Um, it, 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 you know, so we'll see. Well, see, I think that's where they should move. I think it's inter an interesting time. Peloton has some issues around one of its treads uh, and yeah. things like that. But in general, it's an excellent product. I keep pushing that deal. Like, I don't see anybody else being able to buy them, maybe Amazon and others, and then it could be delivered to your house. But it it's one of those products that I think has a real stickiness and will continue post-pandemic, I think. That's where they've got yeah, it, it's it's sort of like everything they like. It's a premium product. It has a service attached to it. They could probably help it out with their supply chain and logistics, mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, you know, help them make more bikes. 
and yeah, shreds. not unlike Beats, not unlike this, not unlike that. I think it's and it's got Ali Love, which is my favorite thing about Peloton. She know. apparently she just got married. Congratulations, she did, indeed, Ali and Love. She wore a, yeah. a congratulations, Ali Love. She wore a she did a whole series of workouts wearing wedding garb, exercise garb. How do we feel about that? Is that I felt good. Is that classy? That's felt you know, good. I was fine. Yeah. I like it. She's All kooky. Right. I like it. I like it. I, I know it's it was sort of retro, but I'm I'm down with it. I'm down because I'm a, I'm a I like it whenever gal. you get sentimental. So I like I, I like that you like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Casey. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You getting up early in California and okay. I appreciate all your insights. What are you working on right now on platform or what was yesterday? It was a Taliban, right? Well, uh, Apple so yesterday, safety, uh, speaking of Apple. So super quick. One of my right. pet issues is I think that anyone should be able to verify their profile on any service. So Twitter, Facebook, even if you're not a famous person, I think you should be able to right. verify yourself. Yes. I wrote about the fact that Tinder has actually started to do this and it's going great for them. And they keep inventing new ways for you to verify yourself in case you don't like one of the other ways they've already invented. So they're super far ahead on that. So what, what ones, how can you verify yourself? Explain Two that. ways. So Just one, so people know, let's give them the background. Yeah. In the old days, you yeah. used to get a blue check mark on Twitter. It was very yes. hard to do. You'd have to send your license in, I think. And it, it, it made for a real problem because they one time, I remember, verified the wrong Wendy Dang, who's the wife yes. of Rupert Murdoch. Uh, I was right in the middle of that. Um, and, and things like that. So you were in the middle really, of the Wendy Dang Rupert Murdoch relationship? Me, yeah, she called, no, she called me when she was Miss Ver oh. Someone else got Wendy uh, Dang rather than got Wendy it. underscore Dan. They should get her Jack, on the show. No. Uh, Jack Dorsey was involved, too. I mean, it was just ridiculous in terms of getting people verified. But it was difficult, yeah. nonetheless. Nonetheless. Yes. So. Yeah, so Twitter is, has had this disastrous history of verification. They actually verified six bot accounts falsely last week yeah. or the week before. So they had to pause yes. their whole verification program yeah. after they had taken a three-year pause on their verification program while they tried to figure it out. Yeah, but how it works on mess. Tinder is, Tinder just says... Uh, Take a picture of yourself, you know, making a gesture. And then if the gesture matches what they told you, then they will verify. And, and all they're really verifying is that you look like your photos, essentially. So that, that's the right. first kind. But then mm -hmm. now they're also coming out with a method that will let you submit like a driver's license, some other form of identification. So if you don't want to put your face on your profile, maybe you're LGBTQ+, maybe you're a, a woman in a, in a country yeah. where it's frowned upon to date, you'll be okay. Okay. All right. So they have other ways to verify on these on these platforms. Yeah, but but the important thing is that anyone can do it. And my whole point is that if you want these networks to build trust, then you should actually let more people verify each other rather than reserving it for you know the coastal elites. And, and therefore, it gives you more trust in this that you don't get catfished or whatever. That it's not exactly. The do you remember earlier this year during the Amazon Union election when Amazon had this like ridiculous army of ambassadors that was like, "I'm voting against the union mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I love my 15 minute breaks," right? And mm -hmm. then everyone else started to create these accounts that were like satirizing those accounts, and then Twitter had to mm -hmm. sort through, well, wh which are the real ambassadors and which ones are the fake ambassadors. Right. My point is, if you create a ways for people to verify each other, you wouldn't have this problem, and you'd have more trust in the network because I might say yeah. I, I might know like okay if, if your profile says you work at Amazon you've like authenticated through an Amazon email so right, I just right. want people to think which about was the origin yeah. origins of Facebook if you think about it that you had to have a college yeah. uh, email and stuff like that it is an interesting issue this is something Walt Mossberg had been railing on 20 years ago you know what I mean this idea of anonymousness there are some arguments for being anonymous for yeah. sure but much smaller than the arguments for being being who you are saying who totally. you are then again they have a lot of speaking of facial recognition in Afghanistan, then they have a lot of information about you, of course, like a totally. government and does. Yes. And so that's why this should always be an optional thing. But what's so yeah. great about Tinder is 
Tinder is is not saying that you're either verified or not. They're saying, well, you, we can verify different aspects of your life and maybe give you certain features based on what you're willing to contribute. So the overall uh, trust in the network right. will rise. So, but if you want to remain totally anonymous, if you don't want to turn anything over, you, you don't have to. Yeah. You can still use the service. So I think, you know, we just need to get like smarter and more sophisticated about this, like create a balance. So it gets you more dates. So And yes, and that is the real goal. Verify Casey on Tinder right now. That's why verify. I came on this podcast, actually. If you're a... <laughs> Gay man, 30 to 40, living in a major American city. uh, It is actually Casey Newton you're talking to. All right, Casey, I'm so glad I could help you with your dating life. It's great. Oh, me too. And Uh, I'm so glad I could help you with Scott's mysterious disappearance. And let's hope we find him. Let's hope we find him. Okay, Casey, thank you so much. Don't forget, if there's a story in the news that you're curious about and want to hear about our opinion on, go to nymag.com slash pivot. Thank you, Casey, for coming on the show. Subscribe to Platformer on Substack, which is a fantastic newsletter that Casey does. Casey, please read us out and try not to mispronounce everybody's name. Today's show was produced by Lara Neyman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie Enderdot engineered this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Box Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business.